With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of the best show on Tuesday night. That's right. It's the virtual talk show for married men where we bring you the hottest topics you won't hear anywhere else. Um, to view any of our previous shows, please go to our website at www.householdstress.com. Um, there you can find out what we're doing right now and uh, listen to any of our archive shows. Before we get started this evening, um, we just need to go over a few rules. No cursing, no cursing. It's going to be hard tonight. But... Try not to curse, um, respect each other's statements, and it's okay to agree to disagree. Um, our topic this evening, how did the devil get into my house? How did the devil get into my house? I believe everyone on this call can relate to this question. How did the devil get into my house? Well, I can tell you that uh, he surely likes to visit my house every once in a while. I don't know about you, but he surely likes to ring the doorbell every once in a while. And sometimes I feel that uh, I'm not even safe in my own home. I feel like uh, myself that I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Well, how he got in? How in the world did the devil get in here? What what did I run into? Um, and who opened the door and let him in? Because I didn't. But let me tell you why I ask these questions, because um, this past weekend I'm coming home, and we had, you know, everything was great. But for some reason I kind of sent some uh, that the wife wasn't in the greatest mood, you know, by her, her, how she was answering questions and her tone, et cetera. Then I walked in the house, and it was just like, downhill for there. It was just like, you know, every time she's yelling at the kids, she's, they're getting on the nerves, she's just not in the best mood. And I'm like, man, I've been going all week, and I'm coming home to this. How did the devil get into my house? And so it came up with this topic, and I said, i got to ask the guys about this. How did how did the devil get in that house? Or did, it, did the same thing happen to them? And it just happened all weekend. It was like one after another. We have a good moment, and then all of a sudden, bam! It was like he was back again. Like where did he come from? What? Here we go again. We laughing, and then and then end up Sunday night. We didn't even talk to each other. I woke up the next morning, hit the road. And got a, 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 a buy, but that was it. And then, you know, we, we figured out, you know, that we were mad at each other. We said some things uh, probably that was that we didn't like. 
because it was just a little disrespectful. But, but that was the devil. That wasn't us. So my first question to the panel this evening is basic. How did the devil get into your home? Anybody? Well, um, I think uh, the devil come in anytime one person, for whatever reason, is having a, a reaction to whatever, and they are taking it out on everybody in the house. Yes. You know, and 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 that sometimes I can be in the mood. Sometimes my wife can be in the mood. Sometimes the kids can be in the. Sometimes all of us can be in a mood. You know, and, and if you come in the house and we all in the mood, you know, it's easy to tell. And mm-hmm. everybody knows the right thing to do. Everybody knows the right thing to say. Everybody knows, you know, to forgive and look past. And, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But who's going who's gonna to put down the sword first? You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who's going to stop the, stop the engagement first? Well, nine times out of ten, it has to be us. But it's expected us. to be us. Yeah, but if we didn't invite them in the house in the first place, how are we always the one got to apologize for what he does in our home? Yeah, but P-Town, going back to your house, um, you know, what if you didn't invite him, but he sneaks in? And you know, like like in your case, you know, you were leaving, you know, about to get on the road, gone for another week. Um, but could it be that, you know, when you leave your house, the devil comes in your house? Like you're not, you're not, you know, holding the door for him, but he sees that you're gone, and he sneaks in. He infiltrates. It's not that you invite him in, you know, as you said, but what if he comes in? What if there's a crack in the window, or what if he sneaks in? Because because of the fact that if you were sitting there, if you were there. He wouldn't come in because he knows you're there. But because of the fact that he knows you're gone, he sneaks in. What about that? Well, you got a point there. I mean, maybe there's some things that you know, I'm, it's happening, and he he knows that uh, the kid's gonna leave the door open a little longer than usually. He can sneak in and and, and cause and set it up. So by the time I get home. He had already gone and left and left his, his damage right there at the house. P-Town. Yeah. P-Town, can I just say this? Mm-hmm. I think, I think the devil gets in your house the moment we walk in. He if walks could, in right with it. If I could just go on and throw this loophole in there, the moment we walk in the house, the devil is in there. But, you know, shouldn't it be the very opposite, the moment we walk in that... You know, because we should pray over our house before we leave, and then we should pray over our house when we come back home. And and he pulled in the same trick as he did in the beginning of the time. He didn't go to Eve when when Adam wasn't was right there beside her. You know, he went to Eve when Adam was. And this could be argument, and it be you know. But as I understand it, you know, ain't no man gonna come up to my woman when I'm when I'm sitting standing there beside her. So I don't think the devil. Would, would would do that while we standing there beside our woman, but he always gonna have a, a you know a, a way in through her or through the kids when we're not there. And then once we get there, we're supposed to be the ones casting them out and and getting them out of there. 
Well, I believe that, but what if, I'm going to take it a little further. What if he already has a room in your house that he has a key and you don't even know it? Mm. And the reason why I say that is how how is your house set up? Um, one of the things that the devil um, can infiltrate your house is uh, through alcohol. How many people on this phone have beer or or liquor in the cabinets of their home? Like, you mean like a bar? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. No, I need to do that. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have some of the spirits on this side of Mississippi. <laughs> I mean, well, you know what? I mean, but you know what? A lot of people, um, and I've been to Ike's house. He has a very nice bar. Um, down in the basement, but you know, a lot of people. That's like part of the experience. The man cave is the big screen and the bar. That's like part of the you know the whole setup. It's like man, we gotta have a bar in the basement. Yeah, we gotta have a bar in the basement. I mean, I, I still, I, I still have one thing. I probably look at left. That's been sitting for a while, so it's nice and strong. If somebody wants to take a sip of it, <laughs> <laughs> you, you have left in your house, Peter. I have a bottle left from um, when, when folks come to the Christmas dinner. They may bring some 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 liquor, and I say, go ahead on, go to the bar, do your thing. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to the club. I knew I wasn't on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, you know, um, it's pretty, teach his own. I mean, teach his own. Hey, do your thing. I mean, the beer's not really bad for you. It's just if you drink a whole lot of it, then the devil has infiltrated you. I mean, if you do it as just as another drink, I mean, you should say that uh, um, fruit punch is bad for you. Kool-Aid, all the sugar it got in it, that's the devil. Right? I was that, the hell. I want to say that. Um, one thing about um, the, the devil, you remember when I told you guys last week that I had to spank my daughter? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that very next day, she went to school, and uh, and she and when she came home, she didn't say anything to me. And then, I, you know, I, was, I figured she was still upset about the, 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 the spanking I gave her. And then the next day she went to school, and Child Protective Services called me, uh, that afternoon, telling me I had to come out to law because they have they got me under investigation. I was like, for what? What? Yeah, they got me under investigation. So I said, for what? And she said, because uh, we have your children here, and uh, you need to come down here, and everybody in the house needs to come down here and uh, and talk to me. Oh, and I said, well, so I went I went down there and. Um, and she told me that, and they took pictures of. Now, when I'm when I'm aiming for your behind, if you're obedient, I should. Only thing I should be seeing is your behind. But when you put your hand back back there, it might get tagged. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm aiming behind, and you you making me hit your hand and your arm, and I ain't trying to hit that. I'm trying to hit your butt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they took pictures of her hand the very next day. She came home, didn't say nothing to me about it. And I was like, wow, okay. 
So then she went home to school the next day, and then the CPS called. Well, I found out her real mom uh, was up here. You know, she was up here from court from, for child support because she ain't paid and all that stuff. But uh, but she she kind of encouraged the whole thing mm. uh, after after she was called from the school from by my daughter. And she called up to the school and CPS and all that. And it's all about her not wanting to pay that child support. But long story short, I, I was trying to con- uh, have a conversation with this woman, and she was talking to me from, from we were talking from two different languages. I told her I raised my children because the Bible say, you know, Proverbs thirteen twenty four. if you don't, you spare the rod from the child and you hate your children. And, you know, you need to apply discipline to them through it and the drive sand far from them. So I'm trying to tell her this. She's telling me I'm old-fashioned. She's telling me my kids need to have a voice. She's telling me I need to provide. Uh, they they got a reason to ask me why if I say something that don't make no sense. That don't make no reason? No, if I say something, you you do it. You know, that's how I, she said, well, you're too rigid, Mr. Smith. You're too this and that, Mr. Smith. You're, I said, well, she said, well, your, your your children are very well taken care of. They tell me they get to pick steak, lamb, or chicken every night. They tell me they get to pick any kind of shoes they want. They they, they read novels, for Christ's sake. I don't know any 17-year-old that, that enjoys novels. I said, but then you want to take this piece away and then tell me I'm an abuser? So then, long story short, I have to, I have to go to parenting classes, uh, uh, family counseling, oh and anger God. management class. That's crazy. That? That's crazy. I would have had to get one more in before I, I said, all right, yeah, I'm going right. to get one, one more right in. There, right there, CPS. I'm getting it in. So if I got to go do this, I want I want y'all to understand why I had to do it. So how how you how you handling that? You got to take all these classes, but she's still under your roof. So how you handling uh-huh. Well, the biggest punishment, because I was asking her, I said, well, since y'all are all in my house, I guess I got to get permission from y'all how to punish my kids. So she said, well, what what do you have in mind? I said, I, was, I had in mind get them the peanut butter and jelly sandwich without the without the jelly on some tail bread. Or I can feed them oodles and noodles all all week for, for 60 days, the same time I'm up under this time frame. Or I can give them some chicken hot dogs that bust when you bought them. So I got all kind of ideas. You know, hey, they can, she said, no, that's considered retaliation. There I is. said, well, how do, I, how do you guys say I should discipline? She said, that's why you go in the parenting class. But you can hit them without making any bruises. I said, then I'm tickling them. I said, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I asked my me. wife. That I, I, me. <laughs> I, I asked my wife. I said, look, they try to take control from our house. And, and I need some wisdom here because I'm too out of control right now in my thoughts. I mean, I, I'm 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 very in control when I was. I knew exactly what I was doing when I was trying to hit her behind. But my wife said, you know what? Give them what they hate the most because the, um, they showed me a piece of paper that I had when I got custody. They said I can't spank the kids because they went through so much with their mom. But I thought it was a time limit on it, and she said it wasn't. And the, the mother brought it to their attention that I shouldn't be doing it so I could actually get in trouble. And so my wife said the best thing to do is follow the the whole court order completely. Let them go down there with their mom because she ain't got no place to stay. 
She live in the rooming house. She don't have no, and they don't like going down there for the summer because they don't ever have no food. She said, we'll send them down there on the summer. They graduate. I mean, they get out of school Saturday or this Friday. Let's take them down to, down to Georgia. So when you on, when you go down there to be on TV next week, just leave them down there when we come back. And that's yep. exactly, and we ain't even told them. So that's the punishment. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't sorry because I'm going to go in them parenting classes and, and, and put the word up in there because if this is how you telling, I mean, you, you're talking to me as I'm an uncontrolled father or we're an undisciplined home. And we, we require discipline in our home, and you see the evidence in my children. You come over to my house, you see my my houses. I showed you my children's house. So if I'm doing everything by the Bible, including the discipline, then you should be applauding me for all of it and, and getting out of my face. Yeah. You know, I, it wasn't like I took one part and said, I'm just going to do this part, but I ain't going to do all the other stuff. No, I'm doing step by step by step. So you gonna leave them with their with the with their mother, right? I'm gonna leave them with her because the the the, uh, the uh, court orders from a long time ago say that she get every summer, and every summer they haven't been going down there because she don't have any food or she don't have a place to live or you know they always having problems when they go down there and they experience stuff down there in her life in their mom's life that they don't ever want to see or associate her with doing. So I'm okay. like, okay, well. You know she got she drove this 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 train, so I'm gonna let her keep driving. Yeah, sounds like you got your answer, buddy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then um, when she get ready to turn eighteen? How many more months? No, my son is turning eighteen next month. And he said, "Well, Dad, why am I in trouble? Why am I in trouble?" I said, "You knew about what happened at school, and you came home and didn't say nothing either." When the daughter? <laughs> when the daughter? I can hear what you say. When does the daughter turn 18? Oh, in three more years. Three more years? You need to go and tell them now. You either get a full scholarship, military, or you go on out buy you a train ticket, wherever you want to go. Oh, I told her that when she was three, so she already knows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she want to go on and play that game. She Three more years, you just got to come up with a way with you and the wife to deal with it. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Countdown. Oh, yeah. But see, the devil, I'm saying, came in our house through my the ex. The kids. Oh, or the, through the, the kids. Yeah, through the kids with the ex. You know, they using the ex when she didn't agree with me spanking her behind. She called her mama like she was telling on me or something. Yes, yeah. I was going to talk about that. But if y'all want to talk about it now, um, it, it, let's just keep on going with it. Did the devil come through the house through the exes? I, I believe we have some ex. You know, some folks that are on the second wife um, marriages right now. Is yes, there any the devil in their house? Oh yes, sir. Explain. Keep moving on. Let's move on. Let's, let's keep it going. Cause I have no idea. No, she 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 did that to my mother too. She had my my CPS to come to my mother's house cause my my mom spanked my daughter uh, a long time ago, a little while ago, and she called. On my mom, and the ex is always, it's like a, a envious thing. It's like, okay, if I can't have the children, then I'm going to make it as miserable as I possibly possibly can in your house. And then it's like she throw the rock and then hide her hand, and I call her, hey, did, did you know, why don't you call me and ask me what's going on? 
Oh, oh, I didn't say nothing or, and you know, and I'm I'm like, wow, that, I can't even believe you backed out on your kids, you you know. <laughs> That's cool. But wasn't she the mm. devil before she was the ex? Not when I was growing her, but. <laughs> Are you sure about that? No, well, it was camouflage. You know, it was it's always camouflage when you were women. You know, you when you, when you win a woman, then you know other people can tell you more about them than than you can remember because the only time you you associating with with her is when you you know doing your thing with her. But you you can't see a lot of the stuff until later on. Mm. Wow. Did y'all have a subject called Blinded by the Booty? <laughs> no, but we get ready to write one now. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry. We, we, we'll write that one up because I'm writing it down. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, but, yeah, the devil could come in your house in multiple ways. And, and one of the ways that I know that the devil comes in your house is, through your kids, I got it. I was talking to um, one of the one of my coworkers, and they were telling me she was she was mad. And she said, "I said, well, why are you mad?" She said, "Because my fiance or her boyfriend was going to propose to her this weekend." And I said, "Well, what happened?" She said, "He didn't do it." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "Well." Um, <clears throat> We got in a big argument. I said, well, what was the argument for? Because he was disciplining our son. They got a son together. And I said, well, what was he doing? He was, you know, whooping him with the belt. I said, okay, what, what the problem is? He was like, I thought that was too aggressive. I said, but that, I said, but you have a boy and a father is setting the foundation of how his boy is supposed to be raised. Sometimes it might be what you don't want to see. You got to close your eyes to that. But you can't go against your man. He's mad That's at you because right. you went against him. That's right. In front of your boy. You want to be the nurturer, but you you really hindering your boy because you're now arguing with this man for trying to discipline your son. Well, I just think he might. We just need to go get him some tests and just make sure he's okay and everything. I'm like, he, he's only six. He don't need tests. He needs discipline. <laughs> and he was gonna. He said that he was gonna propose and got the ring. And he said, nope, I'm not gonna do it. I said, girl, you got a lot of work to do to go get your ring. <laughs> Because we, but, but, I mean, but um, the wife, does the wife get involved into your situation where maybe she should not try to get involved? Always. Explain, explain. Now I get somebody else a chance to talk. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, with me, I know one of the most common things with me is when we're driving, because me and my wife drive in to work together and drive away, leave work together. Let's say somebody do something wrong, my wife will reach over and blow the horn. You know, I'm driving. You know, she'll reach over, blow the horn, shout something out, 
You know, I had to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 not your wife. No, yeah, no. and I'm no. like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If something go down, I'm the one that's got to handle this. I'm just Boy. right to the house. Don't don't I, don't 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 write a check now. That I got I, in cash. I you yeah. in my driveway. You are in my driveway, in my car right now. That's what the argument was with me and my wife. I'm yeah. sitting at the light, and, I, and I'm in the left lane, but they had to turn the lanes over here on this other side. So I like, they turning, they turning, they turning, and I see this car coming fast, coming up out my rearview mirror. I turned green. So what I did is I tilted the wheel to the left a little bit to make sure this guy knows he needs to stop. Because if not, he's going to just tear my whole back off. And uh, she grabs the wheel. Or she reaches to grab the wheel, and I can see her hand, like, going towards the wheel. And so I said, well, what you do that for? And then that, that scares me. She's like, well, you were right, get ready. I said, I've seen everything that's going on. I'm the driver here. I'm I'm running this show. I said, you didn't see this car you over here. You didn't say that, Yes, I did. Oh no! And and so she she went on defense and said something back, and then I fired off something, and the next thing you know, she said something back. So I said, you know what? Just leave me alone. And that was it. That was it. I mean, that's your fault. She never she never realized that. Listen. It's my job as the captain of this ship, driving this car to make sure everybody's safe. I don't need you to look out for me. I need you to look out for everybody in the back and around me. Other than that, I, um, I'm having this part right here. And for you to put your hand close to the wheel, now I'm, I'm already focused on this other thing over here. Now I got to focus on what you're going to do and your reaction based off because so, if she pulled the wheel and I'm pulling it to the left, she pulled it to the right, now we got a wreck. Everybody hurt in the car. But that's your fault. You told her that I'm running the show here. <laughs> no, I am. Tool. I'm driving. I'm the driver. <laughs> no. Listen, there can't be two drivers in the car. <laughs> Darn it, it cannot be two drivers in the car. Now, everybody know the devil's in the car because their wife is always the backseat driver. And sometimes when you when you cross that threshold where you're now dealing with the wheel, it gets, hey, I got I to gotta take a stand. Because I can't have her say, well, I'm sorry, and then the kid's in the hospital. Because I didn't know what you were going to do. Well, I'm driving. I got the hand on the wheel. It's up to me to control the car, not... That's why it's a co-pilot and a pilot. The pilot drives until he tires and he says, all right, you take over. No, my wife, She she's the deck commander. She controls the pilot. And then the things I need the co-pilot to do, she don't even do. <laughs> I check <laughs> other lanes, see if there are cars parked, so I can get over to the right. She'd be halfway doing that. So, Ike, who do you usually use? You drive in and out? I drive in and out, yeah. Because I can handle the stress better. Yeah. 
She can't handle the stress at all. At all. At all. She asked for my job to pick me up, but you would have thought she drove New York. (laughs) So what if um, you're sick or something and uh, she needs to go to work? No, I just drive anyway. Oh, if I'm sick, if I can make it, then I'll drive. But if she can't, if she can't drive, she'll just have to drive in. She drive in every now and then, but she can't do it for a whole week. <laughs> wow. I was in mm-hmm. D.C. today, but and I went after you know you guys had gotten into your offices and everything. You know, I don't. <laughs> thankfully, I can go after hours. I don't have to be you know when I go downtown, but. Um, I mean, it's it, 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 it can be stressful. Um, but how? I just can't imagine driving to and from work with your wife and living with your wife. I just, I just can't imagine that. Yeah, I do it. Well, I do it every Saturday. <laughs> I did it too. Every day. I do it every day. No problem. Do y'all do y'all work in the same building, same place, or? Uh no, different buildings. Oh, that's not too bad. Then you only have to deal with it for a few minutes in the morning. Well, yeah, well, but that that would fall right into that car. Yeah. What do you mean a few yeah. minutes? They in the car a long time. That's what I'm saying. The hours change, man. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. One way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's two about that's two hours and thirty hours. to forty minutes of just me and her. Mm. Yeah, and, and see, you can't leave the argument in the car. So if she had something on her on her mind. Let, let me tell you something. There was one time my wife made me so mad. We was backing out the driveway to go to work. My wife made me so mad that I, I didn't even make it. I turned the car around, drove all the way back home. She was late for work. And I told her, just drive to work. Just stay the H away from me. And I stayed home. It was about cutting the grass. <laughs> all the grass. Now, see, that was the devil right there. She saw the grass and the headlights as we was backing out. She saw that. She said, and if there's one thing I hate, I hate when my wife complains about something that I can't fix right then and there. <laughs> hey, Ike. Hey, Ike. Yeah. You know something? Yeah, talk to it's, me. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on the phone too long. Oh, talk to me because I go through I remember when that happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's real. We know it's real. We was on the phone probably the day the day it happened. It was, it was close to a Tuesday. I remember you telling yep. us that. <laughs> it might have been a Tuesday. It might have been. Me, I, I was driving up. back home. She was cussing me up and down. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm getting out this car. You going by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if it's right here, I'm not sitting in the car with you. It's a wrap. <laughs> Man, that devil will follow us anywhere. But the biggest problem I have when when, when my wife or my friends' wives, um, they always have a problem, and then when you give them a solution to the problem, it's always another problem with that solution. And uh, and then and I'm asking, well, do you want it fixed or do you want to just bark at me? Because if you want it fixed, then I'm I'm trying to be. I'm trying to resolve it, but it sounds like you just want to argue. And then she said, you know, one time she just said, I, I just want you to listen to me. But then it just turned into like, okay, I'm listening. And then she ended up asking me questions. And I'm like, well, I mean, I had a question about 20 minutes ago, but 
and it's going to solve your answer for this question that you got right now, but I don't feel like going back that far because we're going to have to talk another 40 minutes because i got to address all those other things you said. Mm. So it's like if they don't know what they – if my wife – because I always, I always get it from the beginning. Am I listening or am I resolving the problem? Because if you're asking me how to resolve a problem, I'm going to resolve it, and I don't want to hear you complain about how I resolve it. But that's the problem. The devil makes them complain anyway. Absolutely. Because, I, um, I learned just not to even try to solve it, period. Even if she asked me for a solution, I wait. <laughs> I wait and let her figure it out for a minute. And then if she can't come to something, then I would just make a suggestion. And even then, it's a real suggestion. Mm-hmm. You're going to shoot it down anyway. Because she ain't going to follow the instructions to the letter anyway. Yeah, that's good to, to not offer a quote-unquote solution, but to offer a suggestion. Yeah. And it's sort of take it or leave it. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> hey, but that suggestion, they have ten questions about that suggestion that you asked. That's fine. They can ask. Mm-hmm. They already say we do them anyway, so just play stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like my man just said, like, look, if you want me to solve it, then let me solve it and don't ask when it's going to get done. Just let me take care of it. If you can do that, then I'll handle it. But if you want to know how, when, and what time, and who, and all that, I said, no, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then they want to change how you want to do things. Well, Absolutely. <laughs> Let me tell you something. My wife was listening at the beginning of this call. She started typing me an email of what I should say. (laughs) (laughs) I said, what are you doing? Sometimes, hey, it's not logical to do it that way. 
this is how women think. You can tell them. You can tell a woman, say, listen, whatever you do, don't say nothing about my mama's pinky toes. You say something about my mama's pinky toes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock you in your face. And what's, what's she gonna do? Talk about your mama's. Talk about mama pinky toes. That's how they do. That's how they think. Right there. <laughs> And then when you hit them, and then when you hit them, now I'm not condoning hitting women, but just think about it. If you hit them the first thing, why are you hitting me? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I mean, but that that goes back to just how you. I mean, you don't have to hit them because you know women will fire off. I, oh, yeah. I say women like like uh, Mayweather. They'll hit you so quick about three, four, five times before you even get your guard up. Oh yeah. And then when you come with the uh, George Foreman boom, yeah, and not him, but it's even verbally just come back at him. Then now they hurt. You disrespect me, and I'm like, and and I'm like, it's the way you communicate with each other. The devil comes through just how the words come out of your mouth. Yeah. Hey, I, hey, check this out. I was on the phone with my mom last week, right? Last uh, last weekend. And her and her husband, new husband, having problems or whatever. They've been married for about two years. And he told me from the beginning that he said the only he said your mama can do any and everything to me as long as she never called me the MF word. Mm. Oh, damn. And he said that in front of her, and I looked at him. This was three years ago. Oh I no! I looked at him. I said, "Dude, why did you, why did you tell, why did you tell me that in front of her?" He said, "Why did you give the kryptonite out?" Huh? He gave her the kryptonite. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, of course, of course, at that time she was still trying to be married. She was like, "Oh, baby, I would never say that. I don't even speak that way." Man. Now last last week they got they they upset with one another. And uh, and they just came back from a trip, and uh, something happened at the airport. And she said, let me tell you what this MF did. Mm. Man, <laughs> she was talking to me. And he jumps on the phone, and he says, you black bee. <laughs> oh, dude. And, I, and they yelling and fussing and cussing each other out. And, and then after about four hours of that, and I and I just I was just on the phone because I I say so I mean four hours stay on the... you just listening to it. Yeah, me and my wife we were just we was trying to get some words in, but they wouldn't let us. Man, they were just they was going back and forth. And he said, hey, you know, my mom was asking, you know, by the end of the, the four hours she was asking and crying in her asking, well, I you never called me a black bee and you never and she crying. And and I'm and I'm looking at my wife. My wife is on her side, like, why did he call? And she heard the whole thing like I did. And I said, Do you remember what she called him four hours ago? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Now I'm not saying that. You know, I don't like to do calling my mama black B or you know you you if you don't, if you say the B word to a woman, you asking for a divorce or a frying pan or something. But he said it because he said four years ago. Never to say these these words to me, and she said she would never. But she knew what button to push on him. Now I don't like to do, and especially since he called my mama what he called her. But you know, did she deserve it? And I'm asking my wife. I mean, my wife is like, I can't believe you. You on his side? I said I'm not taking sides. But the woman knew for the last four years what not to say. The man said exactly what not to say. Oh, as long as she don't do this, we good. 
And then when she does it and all hell break loose, now everybody like, why is he overreacting? Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, don't, yeah. didn't y'all hear the, the the first opening statement? Right. <laughs> but, I, you know, but the thing is, is I don't think women understand that sometimes, that, I mean, I think we talked about this on a call a couple of weeks ago, how disrespectful they can be to us sometimes. Yeah. And as men, we're not equipped to take disrespect very well. And if you was another man, you know, it, 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 sometimes it's going to get to the point where you're going to be enough talking. But because oh, you're your wife, you, you're going to say something to try to shut it down, and it may be back disrespectful back to her. But it's hard for a man to say, you know what? That is disrespectful to me, and I wish you would never say that to me. We're we just not built like wait. No, we're not. And if we do say that to them, oh, you know, you, ah, why, why, they start hitting with the, with the, with more punches, gut punch. Yeah. But you know, worst is, where, is okay. with, if a woman disrespects you in front of another man. That's like the worst thing ever, and I've seen it plenty of times. See dudes at the movies carrying the nachos and the chip, and the wife's like, sit right here, you know, and all this. And you look at the dude, and he just, you know, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, dang, man, you know, she's fooling him. <laughs> See, my wife tried something like that. I go I, I go to another movie. I say, you Holla. <laughs> well, you, you talk about the, um, you know, how did the devil get in my house? And is it possible? You know that the in-laws or the parents can cause the devil to get in your house. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yes sir. A generational gap. A lot of it is is learned. Is lessons learned from uh, watching their mom and father that they bring into this. Man, my mom is supposed to be coming up here next week, right? After we, she's supposed to be coming back with us when we leave Georgia, right? My wife. Uh, my mom was on my phone, on the phone with my wife uh, yesterday, and she said, uh, "So, and my wife don't work outside the house. So my my, my mom asked my wife, so are you going to be working this summer since the kids are not going to be there and you don't do nothing anyway?" Hmm. And my wife, she she don't she don't she don't uh, disrespect my mom, but she's like she looked at me like you better get your mom. And I'm like, what am I supposed to say to her? And then she's like, you know, we get off the phone. Wait, you don't, I'm your wife. You can't tell your mama not to talk to me like that. I said, well, she's talking to you. Why don't you tell her not to talk to you like that? No, you're wrong. You're wrong, buddy. You're wrong. You're wrong on that one. Wrong. Hey, you got to defend your wife against your, your mama in front of your wife. She got to see that. She got to see you correct that. She got to see that, man. I'm telling you. That's trouble. But she didn't even know I was listening. So she, but I mean, I, she, my mom didn't know I was listening. They was on speaker, and you know, and, and I'm like, well, I, I, y'all talking, so go ahead and you know, I'm not gonna see it as disrespect if you let her know what it is. And you know, <laughs> she wasn't talking to me. She was talking to my wife. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, but your wife, your wife is gonna be respectful to your mother out of respect for you. So even if she gets disrespectful, she may not retaliate. 
But believe me, because I know of somebody that got divorced because of this issue. She's uh, like waiting for you to handle that. Believe yeah. me, as I'm, trust me on that. You got that. Oh, Quick. This is what almost put me on the divorce court because I was I was saying the exact same thing. Hey, why y'all can't just handle it and and, and fix it yourself? And it, it made a whole lot of issues in my marriage. Yeah, you got down to tell your mom to step off. Either say something nice or don't say nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, it, it okay. Can't... Yeah, the worst thing, one of the worst things that you can have your wife think is that you don't have her back. Yeah, and it's the hardest thing you're going to do. It's going to be the hardest thing you're going to do. You're going to walk away and go in the corner and and break some tears, but you got to do it. Trust me, I know from experience. She's going to try to play you, but you got to be strong. Yeah, Yeah. some some mothers need to, to, to hear that. They need to hear the man step up for their wife. That's kind of what they're waiting on anyway. She might be right. contested. Okay, uh, damn it, appreciate y'all, man. Because I was like, uh, you looking at me and y'all was on the phone way over there talking, and I just heard her say something lightweight, disrespectful. And it don't and matter. It, it don't matter if you're in another state and you just have to be listening on the line. Your mama don't know it. If you hear, act it right then and there. Right. You gotta nip it in the butt. Right then and there. I don't care. Forget all that phone courtesy. If she know you listening. You need to go handle that one. Quick. Right. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I'm listening to what y'all telling him to do that. Like, he don't go and cuss his mom out, though. You can just say, do no, it no, 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 no it depended on how upset my mom was, mm-hmm. you know. But I had, but the same message was still delivered. The same because I'm like, you, you know, this is the woman that I love. You can't be disrespecting them. And, and if you come in this house, if you come in the house, you're gonna have you definitely not gonna disrespect. It. It's a wrap. You can forget it. If you don't want to respect it, you can go. And, you know, you got to find somewhere else to stay. Right. You're right. And it's the hardest thing. I swear, it's the hardest thing. You got to do it. Yeah, you got to. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, yeah but um, going back to what Rodney said, um, do you think when you were courting and you went to, you know, your your uh, wife's mother and father's house and you watched just you know how they acted with each other and and uh, seen the good and the bad and the ugly that it was going to come into your house. Did you ever think that that would ever happen, or did you ever see some things and be like, "Uh huh, you're doing the same thing your mom did"? I didn't. I'm talking about my ex-wife now, because my current wife, her mother passed away early on. Yeah, my my ex-wife. The, the kind of crap her mom was doing and the way her mom was living, I was like, you know, nah, that ain't going to happen. Lo and behold, lo and behold, history repeated itself. Yeah, I had that same issue um, with my mom. Well, some of y'all know she uh, 
kind of went to the left really bad when I was getting married to my new wife and said some things that were inappropriate. And, um, you know, I spoke to my father and told him to get his wife in order because he didn't, you know, he knew things were going wrong, but he didn't, he never stepped in. And I went to the man of the house, you know, and, um, Ever since then, we've been married uh, going on seven years, and uh, my wife and my mom have never probably have said two or three sentences to each other since then. And I haven't, you know, got in the middle of it because, you know, at some point my mom is going to have to make that right, and she hasn't made it right as of yet. But I had to take the, you know, I had, I had to take the side of my wife at that point. You know, and it's difficult. It, it really is because you know, this this house is half my wife's. So, you know, mom hasn't been here, and when when I go up to see them, my wife will go to another family member house and hang out, and then you know, so it, it's difficult, but. You know, you you have to stick with your wife. I mean, till the end. So when you go visit your mom, do your wife go with you, or y'all just don't visit your mom? Well, she lives in New York, and I have an aunt. It's kind of funny. I have an aunt that lives in New York as well, and that actually positively loves my wife. You know what I mean? So she'll go and spend time with my aunt while I go spend time with my, with my mom. Hey, is that so what sister? Huh? Is that aunt your mother's sister? No, my father's uh, sister. Okay. So is that so is that showing your mom a united front when you're not with your wife when you come to visit her? Uh. No, not really. Because that means that she don't have to say nothing to your wife if if you you carrying it like okay she ain't around she knows she ain't allowed over here. But I'm coming over here to see you. She never have to say anything to your wife. No, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, uh. She doesn't. But what I'm saying is that that's why she hasn't said anything to your wife because she's not made to. I mean, if she well, no, came over. No, no, you, you're right. I've had the conversation that she needs to make it right, and that hasn't happened. Well, this is what my man is saying. I, I think is as long as she can get her cake and eat it too. Without fighting, there's no need for her to really make it right. Oh yeah, well then, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it is it. If if that's her getting her cake and eat it too, that's fine. You know. So, but, um, but, but you letting it you letting it go through though, right? I've said my part about it, you know, but I still got to stay with my wife. I'm not gonna tell my wife, well, you got to go make peace when she didn't do nothing wrong. But I'm not talking about from your wife's point of view. I'm talking about from your mom's side. You, if you tell your mom, look. Either accept us as a whole or don't accept. I mean, I, I'm with my wife. All right, by the next time I come over here, she coming with me. Oh, I guess now. I understand what you're saying. No, 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 no. I ain't do that. <laughs> Is that something that you could do, Tony? What's that? Tell your mom, you know what? My wife can come over. You won't see me no more. Yeah, no, no, listen. She's welcome in the house. They've they've asked several times. Well, how come your wife won't come up? I said she just don't want to come. She ain't comfortable here. 
Okay. Um, so oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. She, she's. They tried to get in back in through the back door. I said, oh, you got to go through the front door on this one. You're gonna have to call her up, and y'all gonna have to make a peace, say you're sorry, or whatever you got to do, you got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Outside of that, I can't help you. So I'm not gonna make her come up here. She's got a place to stay. You know, right in the same city when I go up. So it's no love loss. I'll come say hello with y'all, sit down, have a drink, whatever we got to do, and then I'm gone. You know. Yeah, but with that situation, the only common denominator between you, your wife, and your mom is you, and you're in the middle. Yep. Now, I understand that you may not be the confrontational type brother, which is which is cool, but you are the one that know both of those women better than any other man on the earth. So you have to find some way, some common ground, take them to lunch, do something where you can set the atmosphere to fix the situation. Because I don't know if you have any children, children now or not or whatnot, but if you have children later on, that is going to be a situation where your children's parents are going to want to know their grandmother and stuff like that, and you don't want that to be an issue because it'll pass down from your marriage to your children's marriage. So you have to find a way to get them common ground so they can communicate. They don't have to be best of friends, but there needs to be some line of communication because at the end of the day, that's your mom, that's your wife, but you got the family. So you have to find a way because you are the man in the middle. You have to find that common ground because you know them better than anybody else. If you continue to travel to your mom's house, allow your wife to stay at an aunt's house, the only thing you're doing is you're building a bigger and a bigger gap between your wife and your mom. You're just adding more bricks to the gap. Yeah, and at some point, you've got to tear that wall down. Yeah, and no, I'm not interested in doing that. No, no, look. Don't say that. Good words. But listen to what I'm saying. I, I appreciate your honesty. And honesty is the first step to moving forward. Yeah. But... But but what but what you're saying to me is you're not interested in keeping your family bonds together. With no, I mean, based upon, based, but based upon the topic that we're doing here, you're not interested in keeping the devil out your household because you're going to walk right through the front door. I got you, but not 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 with that situation. It's not. You know, yeah. well, that that so that situation is division. Where there's no division, there's no peace, then there's no God there. There's only the devil because well, but hold on, it's not going to be there. There was never so on, when, so you you can't have division when when there was never a bond in the first place. It doesn't was never a bond. They never had a bond. Well, how, how long ago was it when the when the when the uh, statement was made? Uh, when we were dating. How long ago was that? I don't know. Uh, seven years ago, probably. So so you've been going through this for seven years with them? I'm not going through anything. I'm just telling y'all a story. To me, I mean, that's just the way the situation is. That's what happened. So you know, go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds, it sounds like to me, in terms of the divisiveness or division, I don't necessarily see this. Because if Tony, his wife, and his kids are the house. That's right. Then the house is not divided. There's no division in there. And it, I didn't hear him say that the kids uh, weren't able to go see the grandmother and, and spend time with them or enjoy their company, or vice versa, her to come to the house. Yep. I think it was it was just more of the wife and the mother. I don't know I don't know if it's necessary for him to go down that path if it's if he doesn't if there's not a if there's not an argument, if there's not an all blown out fight or, or words being said between the two, 
especially in front of the kids or what have you, that, that they can be cordial with each other and she's allowed in the house when and she chooses not to. I don't know if you necessarily force that or not. Yeah. And forcing might end up bringing some kind of division or problem into his house. That's right. See, I'm, I'm, and, and thank you. And and the kids do know their grandmother, and and it is what it is. There's no issues at all. But I'm responsible for what happens to my immediate family. I'm responsible. So if you're a person, whether you're my mother or my father, whoever it is, and you got drama, and you're gonna continue to bring drama around, I got to, I, I have to police that. You see what I'm saying? So in this situation, I already know what's coming. If I say, okay, well, I'm gonna leave this one alone because I I can already see through the uh, through the through the smoke what's gonna happen, you know. And it may be something that's gonna say that's gonna be fake. It's gonna be some things on both sides where it's not gonna be genuine. I already understand it, you know. So, like Rodney said, I don't have to mend that relationship. That's got nothing to do. They're in a whole nother state, you know. I'm gonna go up and do my thing, and we'll hang out or whatever. Peace, kisses, and hugs, and I'm out. And it might be two days. It might be one day. Well, let me ask you this question. As, as, a, as a man in the middle, are you happy with that situation, or have you just accepted it is for what it is? It is what it is. So, But, but at the end of the day, you're not happy about it. You just accept it for what it is. Well, well uh, I don't understand what you mean by happy about it. Well, when, I, when I say you're happy... It, I'm not it, unhappy it, about it. It, it, it. I'm saying you can have your way which desire that your mother and your wife have some type of relationship. Um, if you have way, would you desire that? I'm saying outside of all the drama and all the other situations, if you could fix it, if you could, if you could say, okay, I want to have it this way, would you desire for your mother and your wife to have a relationship? Not really. Not really. But, you know, you can't force you can't force people to have a relationship. Yeah, not really. No, yeah, you can't but that's, that's, have a relationship. That's not what the, the brother asked. He said if in the ideal situation, would you want your wife and your mother to have a relationship? And well, excusing all the drama. Sure, you know, sure, on paper. Sure. Right. I mean, sure. I think that's what he was asking. It's like yeah. in, your, in, in the ideal situation, of course you would want your wife and your mother to, and her mother-in-law to have a relationship. Sure, sure. In the ideal situation, things wouldn't have happened. The ideal situation, it would have been cleared up. Things wouldn't have went down the way they went down. A lot of things happened that I'm not saying. So I, I, and I understand why it seems as though I should be more proactive in making it happen. And I get that. I'm not disputing that. But a lot of things that have happened and that are still happening, and things that are being said that make me hold firm on my stance. You see what I'm well, saying? See, I, now i got to get Tony, you to Tony, I, I, I had get... that same situation um, married into the family I married into, and there was so much, um, so many things that went on and so much gossip and talk and all that kind of thing. It got to the point where we would no longer associate with certain people in the family. Yeah. We wouldn't let our children there. We wouldn't, I mean, it just got to the point because they wouldn't respect, you know, us and the way we wanted to do things. And, and it gets to a point where you go, I'm no longer going to allow this in my life. And and that's what ended up happening. It wasn't what we wanted. And there's still tension to this day over it, you know, 10 years down the road. Um, and, and there's fallout of it. And there's people that are literally not allowed in my home. Mm. Okay, and I mean it's just it's that way, 
it's sad. But um, you know, you can you can forgive people. Sure. But you know, you cannot have relationships if somebody has hurt you and they don't step up to the plate, you don't have the possibility of having a relationship. Because they feel that they're justified in hurting you, and they can continue to hurt you at any point they want. Sooner or later, you have to draw a boundary and say, I no longer will allow this to happen. Yeah. If the other person, you know, does not, if they don't feel because they've hurt you that they need to step up and say, I shouldn't have done this. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Now you have the ability to develop a new relationship. But until that happens, you can't. You can't. And why would you? For the sake of saying, oh, yeah, that's my parents, that's my aunt, that's my uncle. No. But that's, that's not a relationship. That's, that's not a relationship. That's nonsense. Okay? If you don't resolve the conflict, you can smile in each other's faces as much as you want, but, I mean, it's seething right under the surface, and anybody that's around you can feel it. Sure. And why would you put your spouse in that situation? I wouldn't. As a matter of fact, my wife had... She made the decision. She said, we are no longer going to associate with this part of my family. And I said, honey, I'm a big boy. I can do it. She said, no, I'm no longer going to allow this to happen. This was after years and years of trying to make it right. And finally, she said, we're not going to do it. Because they, if they disrespect you, they disrespect me, and I'm not going to have it. Wow. And how did, and that, make you years, how did that make you feel? You know, I didn't want her to do that. But how did it make I knew you how feel? Important, I, well, I knew how important her family was, but then I understood that I, my, our relationship came first, and she was going to protect me. And it made me feel and understand that it made us closer. Even though they tried to tear us apart, it actually made us closer. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, y'all because were I knew y'all that were she chose me. Together. Yeah, that's right. that's right. She chose me as her husband. Okay, and she well, was the bat. And and I mean, cut up aunts and, and and uncles and sisters. I mean, this was this was a bad situation. And and to God be the glory, most of it was resolved. Um, about a week before Thanksgiving, uh, last year, and this was after nine years of just craziness, and about three years ago, my wife said no more. And and the culprit actually called my wife and said, and these are supposedly Christian folks, and said, they said, I can't sleep. God is just beating me up. Um, is it possible I can talk to your husband? Mm, wow. Okay, and then Glenn came to me and said, and said, and I'm talking about, I mean, if I told you some of the vile stuff that went on, I mean, you know, I have a very, 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 God has shown me forgiveness through my life, my wife. Because I'm like this, okay, I will break my foot off in your, and twist it, okay, because I don't need you. I mean, this is how I grew up. You ain't going to punk me, okay. And, and I it just, you know, it just, it's still, you know, it's hard for me. And my wife is so forgiving, and I, I want to jump up and beat somebody up. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, Andrew, Andrew. You heard, yeah. Now, Andrew, just to, just to, just to, before you go too far, that would mm-hmm. have never happened 
had your wife not stepped in and said enough is enough. That would have never happened. It would you have never you would have been happened. dealing with the drama. The devil would That's have been right. in that situation the whole time. That's Somebody exactly had to step right. in. It would have never we, gotten to the point. And she called up. If, if Glenn had not said, I'm not going to allow my husband to, to have to put up with this, I would have never said it. Okay, and out of respect for my wife, I would have gone, we would have done the thing, I wouldn't have said anything, I would have sat in my corner, I'd have been on my laptop, whatever it was, I'm a big boy, okay? I mean, when I, one of these, one of these, when, when I was introduced to her and I already knew her and the gossip was already, you know, I, when, when Glenn and I got, got engaged, the girl shook my hand and then wiped it off on her leg. I said, did you get it all off? <laughs> wow. I'm not kidding you. I mean, and that was that was the beginning. It just got worse. Okay, and the gossip and the backstabbing and all the lies and all the stuff. And Glenn finally said, that's it. I'm not going to do it. And that's what actually allowed God to do his work. Yep. Okay, because God worked in her heart. And then she called my wife and said, um, you know, God puts this on. And I want to know if I can talk to your husband. And my wife was like, about what? <laughs> and she's like, well, God put on my heart that I've been doing things wrong. And Glenn came to me. I said, what she want to talk to me for? <laughs> and she said, I don't know. I think I think she wants to apologize to me. I said, apologize to me? I said, really? And I'm glad she came to me a day early because I had to prepare my heart. Yeah, no doubt. Because I was, you know, I was like, I mean, it got to a point... My child wasn't even allowed in your, your house. And, and, I mean, it was just a terrible thing. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you what. And she called up, and, and because Glenn stood the line and, and did what you're talking about, Tony, that's what changed things. And it took years to change. Mm-hmm. But if Glenn hadn't done that, I don't think it would have changed. And well, when she let me, called let me, me, go ahead. Let me ask you this because, I, you know, I get the concept, and I agree 100% that, you know, with the marriage especially, like, you know, the, the scenarios that came up before, your wife needs to know that you've got her back, that you, you know, that you're defending her and, and, you know, that you're in her corner. But let me ask you this, because uh, my situation when I was married, my wife was the one who was instigating everything and, and thinking everybody was against her and, and whatnot. Now, you know, if you're trying to, you know, hold true to that, and I'm trying to, you know, stick up for and be in her corner, but I'm thinking to myself, you're wrong. This is, this yeah. is not the way, you know, they didn't do that to you. She, my wife, she was the kind of person where it was, you know, almost like that, that, that skeptical, everybody's out to get me kind of thing. So she, you know, just really emotional and, and just somebody could do the slightest thing and she would just think they were just after, you know, just out to get her. So at what point, you know, do you yeah stick up for your wife, or do you or do you stick up for your wife regardless, and, and you know write the rest of your family off or let them know hey she said you did this this is what you're doing or I mean what are you doing well, for this? for me I mean you you know you have to you have to know that maybe my wife has a problem that's a different situation and you know and if you need to get her help or counseling or whatever that's a different situation. Dang, okay. man, I've been on this call in about three years, and it's funny because when I talked to stuff about three years ago, you said the same thing. You said the same thing. You said the No, no, because that's a different issue, okay? You know, somebody, you know, hey, 
there, there's different, you know, people have physical issues, people have emotional issues, people have spiritual issues. And if somebody has an issue and you're looking at that situation, you got to say, well, you know, honey, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we need to get some help and figure out where the root of this is. She may have been hurt in some kind of way, and now that's her defense mechanism. Okay, um, but the situation, you know, and you have to know. I mean, if, if you know, like, like the situation with me was, this was just somebody that decided that they didn't like me. Yeah. And not yeah. only they were gonna, didn't like me, they were going to try to destroy me. I mean, this person actually went to the head of my wife and I were in the marriage ministry, and behind our back tried to destroy us and destroy us in the ministry and telling the head of the ministry how horrible human beings we were. Okay, so this was somebody's trying to do damage to us. Wow. Okay. And it it, it, it just it, it just got to a point, um, like I said, it was just a terrible situation and, and you gotta draw the line, you say, No more. I'm not going to allow you to hurt my family anymore. And 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 when Glenn got to that, you know, and I was like, look, I don't want you to do that. I know how important your family is. She says, this is not about, I'm not going to allow them to hurt you any longer, and this ends now. And I'm going to take a stab at answering that question. I think I think one of the people um, on the on the line when he was dealing with my situation kind of answered that one. If it's the wife. And it's kind of like her imagination, or she feels, or let's just say it's not her imagination, but she don't feel the love from your side. You know what I mean? They may not be saying anything wrong, but they're just not showing the love. They're not making her feel like part of the family. I think that's when the husband says, okay, well, let's go to dinner, let's go to lunch, let's all sit down and talk about this. You know what I mean? So she can feel comfortable. Or go back to the other family and say, look, my wife doesn't feel comfortable and she's making accusations. I don't know whether it's true or not. It may not be true, but we need to go above and beyond to make her feel comfortable a part of this family. So then all the all the all, all the drama might stop. <laughs> or just start. Yeah, it could but and I, I believe that there's no there's gonna be no resolution without some type of confrontation. Whether whether it be good confrontation or bad confrontation, but every problem deserves an opportunity to receive a solution and that only could take place if you confront the problem head on. Yep. And, and I do believe it's all about setting the proper atmosphere. Maybe Thanksgiving dinner ain't the time. Christmas dinner ain't the time. Sunday at church may not be the time. But you have to find the time that's a good time where there's not a lot of drama going on where people can get together and have an open floor discussion and give everybody space and time to speak their opinion. So a lot of times conflicts happen and problems happen because somebody feels like they didn't get to voice their opinion. Everybody should be able to get to voice their opinion, and then at that point, if everybody are adults, there should be, should be some type of solution that can be reached if everybody is coming to the table open-minded as adults. So you think, like, at the uh, the repast after the funeral is not a good time? That, that, the repast after the funeral is not, a, is not a good time. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's that a good time. That's a good yeah. time. I, I I couldn't think of a better time. Right, the girlfriend singing at your funeral. I mean, the, the brother actually brought up a good point because that was kind of what I was thinking. Because if you look back um, on the story you told last week about, I think it was your uncle passing. Yep. 
um, and how you sort of took some steps at that at that time to quote unquote get the devil out of your house. Um, there was a change in 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 what you did after that funeral. Am I correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you know, going back to what the brother said at the repass at the funeral, maybe the repass is like, you know, I, I'm going to need to talk to you. You know, we don't we don't have the time. You know, right now at this moment, of course. Um, but you know, just to make that connection, that that may be where the connection you know would be made because unfortunately, you know, uh, funerals uh, bring people together because we you know when we see our loved ones sitting in the box, it's just like. You know, life is too short for all the drama, and, and people's hearts are, are, are softened, um, you know, to some of the issues that, that have been in the past. And it's a great opportunity to, to reconnect and, um, you know, say, hey, you know, let, 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 let's talk, let's do coffee, let's have lunch. And then, you know, you open it up, and then, you know, just like your story, you know, you told last week, t about how that moment was – I mean, it, it was it was so much that came out of your af, after your uncle's funeral, yes. and 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 which and and how you've interacted with your mother, and the and the things that you you've done, um, even with household stress, you know. So I, I just think it was a great point that the brother made about the repast at the funeral because that's the exact point that I was thinking is that All unfortunately somebody All has to die, you know, to, mo- for us mo- to come together. Go ahead. Emotions are high. Everybody's right. there, and you all mourning something. Right. You know what I mean? So at this point, now now we need to, before it's one of us in the box, we need to sit down and, you know, and try to fix this thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because, I mean, I always say that, you know, I don't want, um, you know, my lack of or me just, just living in my silo or just cutting people off. I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I'm just saying that I wouldn't want that you know, to prevent me from getting in the, in the pearly gates, you know, for my issue or my, my gripe with uh, with a loved one. You know, it's like I need to at least make the attempt to try to fix it. And granted, you know, some people are just not there. Some people are not, you know, going to reciprocate. That's okay. Yeah. But, you know, the attempt, you know, at least, you know, the attempt needs to be made because, I mean, like you said, I mean, it it could be a point where you stand at the pearly gates and, you know, God's like, well, what about your loved one that you've been beefing with for 15 years? What about that repass, Rodney? Say again. You'd be like, what about that repass, Rodney? I gave you a chance. Right. You're standing right next to the family rights, Rodney. You should have fixed it. That's right. Yeah, but, you know, God puts you in places for for a reason. So sometimes when when folks get together, that's the reason why he gets you all together. So you can fix your issues. Well, and I think, yeah. And I think you know, yeah, but it, it still takes two people to fix the issue. You can't one side if if the other side doesn't want to fix it, you can't fix it. You can't. Yeah, yeah. but it takes one person to say hello. You know, that's right. Yeah, but you know, you can you can say hello but so many times. You can reach out but so many times, and if the other one continues to rebuff it, at some point you're gonna say, well, you know what? Hey, you got the number. You want to do it? You reach out. I mean. You can only say, "Hey, I'm so and so," but so many mm-hmm. times. Okay. Yeah, how many times? How many times? How many times? That's the problem. That's, that's, that's the limit. That's where the conviction comes in at. Right. When you want to stop, you be like, you know what? We've been doing this since boxes first came in style. Now they're back. She's still acting crazy, 
And then when you pause, you be like, I've done my job. Then you spirit activate a little bit, be like, try another time. Like, oh, God, I can't do this no more. But you you got to all remember that even Jesus, he said, I, I can't spare everybody. Nope. But he said, if you're you you against me or you're with me. You know, one of the things that, that really work, works well for me is is writing a letter and actually putting down the feelings, you know, on paper. So that way, you know, you can get everything that you really want to, you know, put down and, and out, out. You know, without you, you get into a confrontation and you you start down one way and all of a sudden it blows up and all kind of crazy yeah. stuff like that, and it doesn't get resolved. You know, and and for me, you know, putting it down and saying, okay, these are the things, you know, and and I'd like to get this resolved. You know, I'm open if you are. You know, here's my number. You know, kind of thing like that. Then you can you can at least talk about the issues without you know so confrontationally because a lot of times people don't. They don't do confrontations real well. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes and people say, you know, get man. You know, but anytime, you know, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, having, you know, church in the background and stuff like that, anytime there's a situation like that, like you said, some people just not going to get along with you. And you yeah. have to just, you know, shake your feet and move on after you make those several attempts, even with family. You know, but like I, you were saying that, you know, that the, that the Lord had moved on that young lady's heart and on her mind, and she didn't have any peace. So sometimes right. if I have situations and people, you know, I can't get you solved, you know, I'll pray about it and I'll ask God, God, I'm trying to fix this situation. Can you move on this person's heart? And then at that point, I just step back and let God do his thing. Because mm, some, things, some things can only be resolved when the Lord steps in. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of right times there. A lot of times issues can't be resolved on a natural level. They have to be resolved on a spiritual level. Because if the devil is really in the mix, the devil been the devil is spiritual. He's not natural. So some mm. things have to be resolved on a spiritual level and you have to go to God and let God look, I'm doing everything I possibly can do in the natural realm. I've called, I've emailed, I've text. Now I need you to intercede supernaturally and move on their heart. And like you said, it may take five years. It may take ten years, you know, but sometimes just how the cookie crumbles. But if you get all you can give on the natural side and you get your spiritual side, then you sit back and let God do his thing. That's the Bible. Yeah, also, also, I'd like to think that um, sometimes it's got to be apples and apples. And if you're spiritually grounded and you're praying and you're acting for intercession and you're getting and, and you're 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 on your knee about the situation, and that other person that you're dealing with isn't, and they're not spiritually grounded and they don't have the Holy Spirit nowhere close to them, you know what I'm saying? Then at, at some point you got to back up and say this person doesn't even when I'm forgiving them they don't even understand what I'm talking about because they have no forgiveness in their heart. Right you know now, so, agree, but. But but that at, at that point, it's not our it's not our place and our responsibility to judge what people are spiritually. What our job is to do is to make sure that our heart and our position with God is straight, and then That's it's the I Lord's said. responsibility to work on their on their part. I understand that. That's what I said. But at at the end of the day, you don't want to be a fool either. When you're sitting here dealing with this issue and a person is just not responding and they ain't going to respond to you. Just like Andrew said, some people just ain't going to change. So you got to know that you've done everything and you make it good with God and be done with it. And be all right walking away from it. 
hold on, 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 hold on. He 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 said that some people ain't gonna change. Yeah. Is that a that's true, true statement? That's true. I think all. I let me give you this one scenario right here. Let's, let's take take Judas, for example. Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him the day he was born. He never stopped loving him. It was written before he, 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 yeah. he, never, he never stopped praying for him. He, matter of fact, he kept Judas closer than any other of his disciples. He knew he was going to betray him up until the day that he died. But he didn't. He yeah. didn't stop. He didn't stop praying for him. So I'm saying you 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 don't have to stop for people on you. As soon as they have well, hold, hold on. Right. When Judas oh. left the dinner, Jesus didn't say, "Hold on, homie, let me roll with you." Did he? <laughs> he let him roll. Peace yeah, out. He I know what you see. What I'm saying. At some point, we understand. You. I mean, we understand. Pray for him. You because these but people yeah. need prayer. But he, he told him that he told him he said go ahead and do what you're gonna do. Or go it, do what you're gonna do. I know you get ready to cut me. Go do what you're gonna do. <laughs> but now I gotta take it. I got I, this is fantastic. This call got so much legs. It's beautiful. No, I gotta but hold I mean, on, Miss I gotta go back to that to the point, and and I, I I don't want the point to be missed that I wasn't talking about aren't or ain't. I was just talking about the fact that. The statement was made that some people aren't going to change, and I know that all of you are changed individuals. And I know that uh, a lot of you didn't walk the state straight and narrow. You know, I did. Fellas, is that you know, if God can change you. Why couldn't God change the person that you're like? Well, some people ain't never gonna change. If the yeah, brother, you, the brother was talking about, statement. you know, praying and and, right. and without ceasing, and it may not be tomorrow. It may but not Rodney, be Rodney. next year. It may not be. You may not ever see it. You may be but in Rodney, the box and gone before they change. But I don't think we should just go with just go ahead and say just make a bold statement that's not a declarative you making a, a declarative statement that that person will never change no no that's he a, didn't that's say a, that that's he a, said very, some people will never change some people and some people in this call with people said the same thing about us that's yeah, right that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so, but it, that's, that's, so, you took so, the words so, right out of my mouth so, 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 i think so there's a man who was stone cold Stone cold racist. Like these are the people who don't they don't dress up in, in sheep. They leave the marches into your neighborhood. <laughs> They're on the committees. They don't hide. And I'm talking like fifteen, twenty five years, grand wizards. Total transformation in life. Sure, people go at you and the way it happens is, man, you you present your petition through prayer. Yeah. You know, God showed you this through prayer. This is how you pray for people. It's not magic. But what happens is you're able to intercede and cause there to be a pattern where somebody's somebody else's pattern can get disrupted. It's not going to force them to God, but it will. Just like who was uh, was the Saul that got knocked off his horse? Mm-hmm. And his name is Paul. You know, yeah. the, the, the apostles at the time, they never really trusted Paul, you know, because no. He didn't really know if he was one of them or not, so they, they kind of, because he's the guard killing them. Yep. And he ended up writing the greatest Pauline epistles in the Bible. 
You know, and, and, Paul, and Paul, was a, Paul was a murderer of Christians, and God changed him. Yeah, like he was a good murderer. Good. He was a he was a stone cold killer. Yeah. When you wanted something done right, you got Saul. Saul sick him on him. So y'all telling me, and and all this Bible stuff is great, but y'all telling me that some people haven't left this earth the same way they lived it. That's exactly what I'm saying, Tony. What you said was some people <laughs> will not change. Not that they couldn't, but some right. people refuse to, and some refuse people to. drop. And you can keep praying for them, and you can keep taking it. It don't matter. It don't matter. We know that some people won't change, but but you don't know which people they are. You don't write them off because you got to accept that some people won't change. Just because you pray for somebody to change doesn't mean they're going to change. Hey, right. Some people are going to die in their mess. Right. I got to ask you. Hold on, Andrew. Hold on, Andrew. Hold on, Andrew. I'm asking you a question. You got yeah. any crackheads in your family? Oh, um, I do not. You don't. Okay, well, let's just say you had a crackhead named Tyrone in your family. Oh, I'm gonna talk I about my Tyrone brother, in my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have a Tyrone in my family. Go okay, ahead. well, let's just say Tyrone is a crackhead. Okay. We know he's not, but let's just say he is. Tyrone yeah. come over your house and rob your house. Tyrone doesn't even rob so now Tyrone so now you lock the door, Tyrone can't come back in, but you still praying for Tyrone. So now Tyrone will call you up and say, Hey look, man, I need to borrow fifty dollars, man. I've got this job interview. You know he ain't got no job interview, but he's tr- he's still trying to get money. That's your cousin, you love him to death, y'all but anyway, so you're saying this dude has been a crackhead, been robbing you for twenty years. Because sometimes it, it goes that long. Right, you're like this guy's gonna change. I'm praying for it's gonna change. But every time he comes over, he's trying to hit you up for money, hit your wife up for money, or robbing your house. You gotta turn you know the other man. So, so at the end of the day, while you're not now, are you gonna still let Tyrone in your house? No, that would be foolish. Yeah, that would be foolish. But, okay, but that but, wasn't but, the question. But I'm not gonna make the statement that Tyrone would never change. Right. Okay, I don't but, know while, that. but while he's not changed, how are you going to treat him? As long I as still love him. I love him from a distance. He's going to be in my house. So, so listen, so the point I'm making is while he's still in that state of mind and he hasn't changed, right? Once he tra- makes a transformation, he's a different person. You welcome him back in your heart without, with, 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 with caution, obviously. But while he's in that state of mind, are you still going to keep hope alive? What else choice do you have as a Christian man? I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, but let's be realistic. If the that person is, is still wilding, are you going to say, okay, come on back in my house? No, that's not, but that's the two different things. It's one thing to say that, okay, I'm going to open up my household to you where you haven't come out of your own destruction. I'm not going to do that. But what you're doing when you say, and still, while you're out doing you, I'm going to pray for your deliverance. See, now your hands off, and if you're praying with sincerity, now you allow God to be hands-on acting on your prayer. And, again, how that happens, where I think we as Christians, uh, especially young Christians, can get disrupted by is, you know, God is not an order taker. He, he is not going to basically be your waiter because when you pray, there are things that need to unravel in people's lives that led to what you're seeing them at. You're just seeing, even as a family member, you're just seeing the last two months, 12 years, 
So you don't know where or what event started that that you see in front of you. You know what I mean? But when you mm-hmm. pray, you pray for God to now intercede and do his work to unravel. How that happens, the time frame it folds, not our concern. Sure, you'll celebrate and rejoice and expect that person, they may or may not backslide because we've all done that. But you, you through your prayers, man, that's, that's the entirety of power right there. It's through your prayer. You know, it's through your prayer. Andrew, you want to take that? <laughs> well, I, I think we, we definitely need to pray for people. Okay, but to be real and and say some people are going to die in their mess is a true statement. We have to be intelligent because I'm not going to allow you to come in and hurt my family. That's right. But what, While you're that, in your mess, yeah, but we nobody said I love was, you. We said we're not going to not going to let him come in. Right. You know, we're talking two different things. Situation where. Where you know this person is hurting my family, but right, but you're saying two different, going different two things. Different. You're making two different statements. Two no, different it's things. the same. He cleared it up. Right. Right. He cleared what it up and said some people are going to die in their mess. Some people are going to die. Nobody disagrees with that statement. We're talking over each other. We're talking over each other. To say who's going to die in their mess and who isn't. That's right. Our responsibility as Christians is to pray for them. Yep. Right. Okay. That's yeah. our responsibility. Now, whether they're Christians that. or not, whether they become Christians or not, no one is so bad they can't be saved. I got saved. Okay. Right. So, right. That, but that's not my choice. That's God's choice. That's right. What do you okay? mean? And God does not save everyone. What do you mean? Let me ask you question. is saved in the house. Hold up. Which the other person is not saved in the house. If if your spouse is not saved in the house and you are, is that saved is that in the house? No, 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 no. Hold on. Yeah. No, he asked so, a question. I, I got I got to ask him a question. He said something that made me ask a question. Uh, he said that it's it's not your choice to 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 be changed. It's God's choice for you to change. Is that what you no. said? No, I said God saves. That's okay. Not- God God chooses who He's going to save. Bro, you need to reread the Bible. No disrespect. Right, no, that's, that's, that's you really not. need to reread your Bible completely. Okay, well, well, look, well, look, well, let me help him. I'm, I'm not going to help him out. I'm helping him out. What your beliefs are and whether God chose you or you chose God, because I can pull scriptures and, but it's and not we can go around and around. Okay? Bro, I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to Bible debate you, but it's very simple. God died according to the Bible that was printed for the opportunity for all to come to Thank him. you. Thank it's you. Thank you for clearing that up. Now, the you opportunity as God, here is my son sacrificed, but guess what? This is still a lottery, so I'm not getting everybody. Then right. now we're talking about so hold favoritism. On. So hold on. So I don't think I'm not going to get into that debate tonight. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're not going to get into that we can go into a serious debate. Bruh, everybody, bruh, everybody has that, an iPad or an iPhone or a Bible. So we're not going to get into right. debate. Everybody can go there. You know, and I don't know why we always think it's there. You chose God, okay? I don't know why we always have to think it's there. Let me get back to Rod. 
But it's not me, me that's going to choose to save somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. I don't have that kind of power. Hold on. Because if I had the kind of power to save somebody, I don't have the kind of power to put them in hell. I don't want that kind of power. All right, okay. God Andy. has that power, not me. Go ahead, Rod. All right, go ahead, Rod. Before right. I take the call back, I wanted to go. I wanted to go uh, to where Rodney was going in terms of because uh, uh, I think with with the <laughs> with the issue on the table, I think I don't think there's a big debate there. Uh, although it sounds like it, between maybe what Rodney said and what others are saying, because uh, at the end of the day, you do have a choice. Um, and and we can do this civil. So the bottom line is that God gave us the the ability to deal with people according to the knowledge, according yeah. to the as we tell. Deal with people according to the knowledge. You know, to, to Tony's uh, analogy that he gave, uh, you know, you you deal with Tyrone according to knowledge, right? He he robbed you five times. Don't be a fool and throw that under the name of Jesus. Right, because Jesus was no fool. You deal with people according to knowledge. You know how they're gonna act. You know what to do with them. Uh, he he dealt with the Pharisees and Sadducees differently than he dealt with his disciples. He dealt with people according to knowledge. He dealt with the three, right? Peter, John, James, different than he dealt with the other nine. So I mean, I think the bottom line is, you know these people. You don't know whether or not they're gonna be saved. To Rodney's point, so you don't treat them any different, or you don't treat them any different in terms of. Um, whether or not you pretending or assuming you know whether or not they're going to change. You still minister to them, you still deal with them, but you deal with them according to knowledge. I can minister to you, but at the same time, maybe we're sitting on our, the, the steps outside of my house, and I ain't going to let you back in there a third time to rob me. Right. Right. And, that's the next, and I, I think that's the bottom line. Um, and I think we can go through, we can go through all, all different types of scriptures and kind of prove that out. But when he sent out the disciples, he told them, you go into give them the word, and if they don't receive it, you dust the dust off your feet and you go to another town. Dust off your feet, exactly. There's only, there's only so much that you can do. And Paul, later on in Ephesians 6, talks about uh, the fact that I've, after I've done all that I can do, that I've been empowered to do, that I've been blessed to be able to do, after I've done everything so the according uh, to my abilities, then I sit back and I let God. That's paraphrasing, but that's what he said. After I've done all that I can do, I stand, right? He's saying, I, now I have to lean on God. I've kind of ministered to this person. I've kind of witnessed to them. I've given them uh, money. I, I've, I've, I've helped them put it, get into, a, into an institute of rehabilitation or whatever the case is. After I've done everything that I know how to do, I've exhausted everything. Now, now I have to lean on God. You have to do your part. But now that you've done that, now I'm just leaning on God. And that's that's really the end the end of the story, right? You deal with people according to knowledge. Good words, Rodney. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> oh. All right. All right, man, that was good. That was Thank good. you, Mr. Host. <laughs> of the church experience, please come to the front of the church. I got a funny yeah. one. Here, here, here's, here's a monkey wrench. Is, is Mark Zuckerberg the devil? <laughs> 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 
He's got a point there. <laughs> Do tell, my brother. Do tell. What, what point would that be? Well, social media, Facebook. How many how many marriages have broken up? How many relationships have they broken up? How many of this conversation tonight where we're talking about face-to-face where we won't talk to another person based off words? Um, we all heard that saying that uh, um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words aren't supposed to, you know, hurt me, but they do. Yeah. So, so. so does social media bring the devil in your house where your 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 spouse is on Facebook all the time, putting your business out there in the street? I think that uh, here again we're 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 pay, placing blame in a in an area where it still falls back on us. You know what I mean? If you could be, I mean, because I've I've run into long lost friends on Facebook, family members that I haven't talked to forever. I still contact with them. I see the kids growing up in their pictures. They see mine. Yada yada yada. So Facebook for me is a good thing. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm staying connected when normally I probably wouldn't be connected as easily. But when you're talking about you're talking about you know being reckless with it, because you can get reckless on Facebook. But that's something that that's a decision that you make. If you hooking up with old shorties on Facebook, that's the decision you make. You can't blame that on somebody else. No, I, I disagree. Created the uh, the, the Orville, the Wright brothers. Were they the devils because they created an airplane? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, now I'm flying to Cancun. I'm flying to uh, 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 Brazil now. With your side. <laughs> I just, I think that's what he just said about Zuckerberg being the devil. Talk about it. Well, I mean, you know, this whole this whole Facebook phenomena, you know, it, it does it does open a whole list of uh opportunities. Inadvertently Facebook can become the equivalent of Ashley Madison. Maybe mm. Ashley Madison's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> well now, now Ashley Madison is like they may not know. We know. Oh. Yeah, they know where Ashley Madison dot com. We grown, brother. They know. Oh, they know where Ashley. Okay, just They know. The same way as my bar is Satan in my house with my liquor. You know the internet. Mm. It's just being it's, it's being irresponsible with those things. I think that's what now. If you yeah, want to blame uh, him for making it irresponsible, then that's another thing. I and T Hog, I'm gonna use your line. I hear you. But <laughs> okay, well, and, and, and what I'm gonna say, and what I'll say is this, and I'll I'll rewind this thing all the way back to the beginning. Please now, do. Now Ike has a bar in his Thank basement. You. I, I do one not. Too. I, I one do one. not. So <laughs> I do. And, and you do too, and P Town does too. I got so. a wine. I got a whole wine joint. I got the Belvedere. <laughs> Right, you weren't on then. You were probably entertaining company with some of that 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 wine from the. No, 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 no. But, <laughs> but anyway, long story short is that myself and other brother, I think Darren said he did not have a, a bar, or wine cellar, or whatever in his basement. Right. So the question is, and going back to Ike's point that he just made, is that you know the opportunity now, Ike, you can you can get drunk in your basement, right? I mean, if you wanted to. Right. Now, I couldn't. 
I would have to get in my car. I, there's no alcohol in my house at all except for rubbing alcohol. So I would have to get in my car and drive somewhere at 10.51 tonight, you know, to get some alcohol. And I'm in my pajamas. I'm comfortable. I probably won't do that if I wanted to get drunk. If I wanted to get a little taste of something or get a little tipsy, I wouldn't do it. So I, I might just go to bed or just watch a little TV or whatever the case may be. Sure. But in the, in the, in the, the difference is somebody else could go right to the liquor cabinet, could go right to the to and, and like you said, get reckless with it. It's right there. All you got to do is walk, open the cabinet, pop the bottle. You got to do is open that mace message on Facebook. There, there I you am. Go. There you go. Okay, there tell me how the devil fits into that. All of that that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, going back to Ike's point is that you know these portals they do open up you know opportunities that just like you said. You would have never, but for Facebook, you would have never been able to connect with old Shorty. You know, not saying you're doing that, but you would have never, unless you ran into her or whatever, or looked her up or talked to somebody that knew her or did some searching on the Internet or whatever the case may be. Outside of Facebook, you know, the opportunity wouldn't have been so prevalent for you to reach out and, you know, and, and type up her name, find out what she's doing, find out what she looked like, find out, you know, what her love life is, how many kids she got, Three. Know, where, where she works, right. how many degrees she got. Did she Three. go to Cancun last week? I mean, mm. so you have all these opportunities where you can catch up with Shorty in a matter of a few keystrokes. Thanks, Marvin. With, 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 with the, the devil of Facebook uh, also be responsible for bringing someone to Christ? Because of all the posts of scriptures and Kitty <laughs> Jakes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good I was about Your to words, Ronnie. <laughs> I know you try to avoid that one. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Which, I mean, you're right. It's, it's good stuff out there, but it's also bad. And that's with anything. Like I said, we know Ike's not going to get drunk in his basement, neither you, T-Hawk, or P-Town. But, again, it's, it's all about being reckless, and I think that, you know, just talking about, you know, not saying that Zuckerberg's the devil or Facebook's the devil, because I agree with you, Tony, is that if you act on, you know, those those inbox messages or, you know, Shorty's looking good sure. or liking all your pictures or right. you know, asking how right. you and your wife are. Go ahead, Ike. Go ahead. Right. At the beginning of the call, though, the alcohol in my house was considered safe. <laughs> sure was. was no... <laughs> There was no gray, there was no gray area. No gray area, right? I mean, and you just know, like if the alcohol is in your house, then that's safe. And again, again, you know, you 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 could be a connoisseur of wine. You know what I mean? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that's that. safe. It's You're not. It's not. It's not. And a lot of brothers on this call drink. They gonna have one. It is what it is. Incredible. It's safe. But, you, but guess what? You won't catch me drunk nowhere. Not even in my house. I'm but I think what, what Ike was saying earlier is that, you know, Satan can, and, and, and maybe not Ike directly, but I think what we're getting at is that Satan can use anything. He can yeah, use right. that, you know, Ike's bar in the basement, you know. Um, he can use Facebook. He can yeah. use, you know, I mean, he can use anything he wants to because he's crafty. Well, just remember, y'all, oh, y'all, holy Holy rollers. That, that that the church is a great place until us sinners walk up in there. <laughs> it's a great place, too. Uh, it's a hospital, uh, yeah. baby. It's a uh, hospital, uh, Ike. You know what it is. It's a hospital. I know exactly what it is. It's a hospital for us. <laughs> I know exactly I mean, what it is. 
Yeah, go ahead, Rodney. Go ahead. Help me out because I, what I was saying is just the devil can use any tools. So the more tools we have at our disposal, like I do have Facebook at my disposal, but I don't have the bar. Where Ike has a bar and Facebook at his disposal. So, so, so how does how does pride differ from those things? I mean, let's just talk about this. Let's not use Facebook. Let's not use alcohol. Let's not use a bar. Let's not use shorty from the past. Let's talk about your pride in your marriage. How does the devil play a part in that? I think it plays a huge part because, you know, we we think that, uh, you know, I think even even Andrews, you know, he, he thought he was doing great. Uh, use him as an example. He's a fresh example, but he thought well, he throw was me doing under the great. bus. Yeah, we're gonna throw you under the bus until his wife. You know, Andrew's a great guy, great husband. You know, I'm not saying he's not, but until his wife came to him and said, "Well, how come you ain't been, you know, getting on households? Are you uh, above? You know, you." <laughs> you, you're missing something, bro. You know, to and and Andrew was on the call the next the next available time. <laughs> it was, it was no thinking about it, or you know, maybe it was some ponder, maybe it was some resisting or rejecting initially. But when when it was all said and done, he was on the next available time to commune with the brother about being better fathers, better husbands. Period. Point blank. So you're talking about you know pride is that in a marriage. You know, and as the word says, you know, pride become, comes before the fall. And we as men, we we often have a lot of pride that we're, you know, doing everything that we're supposed to do. We're fine and we don't need to improve. And I know that, you know, when I hear, hear people say that they, they've, they've learned all they could learn or they, they don't have any room for improvement, I'm just like, what are, what are you? You know, what planet do you live on? Because everybody has room for improvement, you know, no matter what it is. Depends on your outlook. Right, exactly, and and I, I give you a, I give you a perfect example. Then I turn it over to you, T.O. Um, perfect example. We probably send, <clears throat> no, I know probably maybe 150 uh, emails and text messages on Tuesdays for this thing we do right here, right now, live and in person, and we probably get maybe 10 percent of that that response because the rest of them, and I, you know, they're all great guys. You know, I'm not saying they're running around on their wives, their, their you know, the the children are calling CPS on them like that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, but I mean, they're great guys, but at the same, at same, at some point, they're like, ah, I'm good. You know, I I don't need that. You know, I don't I don't need to talk about, you know, getting the devil out of my house. And, and, and T Hall, you told me yesterday, the devil is in our house. Yeah. No doubt. And I'm gonna give you an example. Go ahead. And here's the example. And again, I don't like to blame, put blame on, you know, just place it around when I know that there's some things that I could have done differently myself. But I'm talking about just something, because we were talking about earlier, we talked a lot about prayer and about just pray for somebody and pray for somebody and just and to see everything you can do as far as prayer is concerned and talking to God and getting that person back right. But when our wife gets on our last nerve, and now we ain't speaking. Do we necessarily at that particular time go into our prayer closet and pray for her like we should? Or we just hold that grudge for a couple of days, a couple, three, four days? Depends on if I've been drinking. I for the win. I used to. I used to. You know, it, all it takes is for you to hold the grudge against the wrong person. And then you get a phone call. 
and now you're planning for a 10 a.m. viewing. You say that's extreme, man. That's, is it really extreme? It, it, it really is really extreme. extreme. I'm that's just talking about an argument with your wife. I'm not talking about your wife getting murdered the next day. I'm just talking about on a regular <laughs> basis. Man, I'm getting murdered. No, that's extreme. That's extreme. <laughs> that's extreme. Okay. You, I'm not, you can die many different ways. Okay, well, I'm not talking about your wife dying. I'm just talking about the situation. If y'all beefing, if y'all Tony beefing. Tony don't, don't talk about death. Tony don't like that. No, I'm just saying, we don't have to take it there. You know what I'm saying? We all know that, you know, anything can happen at any particular time. But My what I'm saying is, is you got to, go I think ahead, of it as, well, if, if me hold a grudge against something, what's the point? Well, at some point, what's the point? So Am basically what you're telling around? me is that if you and your wife get into it, you're going to make up in the next 15 minutes? No, nah, not 15, but it used to be three days. It used to be until I get my point across or I find a way to sabotage something or make you look stupid and then throw my intellect around and, and put you in your place. Well, you know what I'm saying? Shorter and shorter That's and shorter. Thank you. Thank you. That's Go what ahead, I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, check this out. I mean, I really, when, when me and my wife get to argument, I had to learn. And, and the only thing that betters me is tests. And the only thing that God wants to see us do is get better. And only the the person to test us the best is the one that's closest to us. Now, mm-hmm. and once I learned to accept that, then I went to my wife, and every time she 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 upsets me or something like that, we're gonna talk. But it's not to get my point across. It's to hear her point, and it's to resolve it through God. Not to we're not gonna do it through my understanding or your understanding because now you're going to think I'm throwing my power around as a husband and as the head of this house and just to get my way. I ain't trying to get my way. I just want the right thing to do. I mean, I just I just want to do the right thing as far as according to God, not according to me, not according to you, but according to God. And if we do it under his will, then it ain't nothing else to be said. I mean, you can be mad, but I'm going to still love you, and I'm going to hold your hands, and I'm going to pray with you. And, and, and I mean, you know, if you resist the devil, he's going to flee far from you. So if we believe that, and I hold my wife's hand, even though it hurts me and pains me at the time that I'm so furiously upset with her because I said something a thousand times and she still refused to listen to me, I'm going to hold her hands, and I'm saying, we're going to pray this thing away from here because the only thing that defeats that, I can't hear her. She can't hear me. We going back and forth. Ain't nobody hearing nobody. You mad? I'm mad. So let's 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 bring God into this mess, so so He can resolve all the issues and kiss and keep it moving. Because there ain't no sense in going back and forth. If it ain't gonna resolve, if we ain't gonna get no divorce at the end of this conversation, then ain't no sense in talking. You a strong brother, man. You got a mature man. You got a maturity in terms of how you look at it, man. That's that's why I have to learn. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I, I'm not that strong. Sorry. When I'm mad sometimes, I, and I know better. And I know better. And I still don't do it. I'm going to be straight. I know better and still don't do it. Now, I don't want to talk to you right now. I don't want to see you. I'm going you at home. I'm going to turn around and go back. I don't want to talk to you right now. I well, listen to this, though. This show, this show, and I hear all the brothers get together, this show gets actually me, me closer to that point where I'm doing it more and more now. At yeah. first, I knew to do it. When I was upset, and I still get upset with myself if I didn't do it. But now, by being on the show, it gets me stronger to be able to overcome. Because I never want to get on. You know, when you somebody holds you accountable with without saying it, it goes without saying that I'm accountable for coming to this show every week and giving a good report. I'm accountable every single day. 
to say, okay, I got to get on uh, household stress next week, and, <laughs> and I got to talk. I mean, because I'm going to speak my heart, whether I'm wrong or right. I'm going to speak my heart, but I want to speak it from a point of view that I'm actually learning something and showing the brothers that this is actually helping us. It's way yeah, good. And it, that, and it definitely helps me talk to her a lot more and pray with her a lot more so I can report that the next week. Yeah. And I believe you. I believe that you're not blowing smoke. I believe that you're not giving us a textbook answer. I believe that, that you really roll the way you say it. Because some of the stuff you say that you do is hardcore. <laughs> but it is what it is. We respect it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. Some of us are envious because we ain't that hardcore. We should be. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. I respect that. Well, can you respect... Get, uh, I ain't trying to get CPS called on me, but go on ahead. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I don't think Tony was yeah. on the call earlier. No, was, yeah, yeah, I was, I was. I heard, oh, okay. I, I heard it, I heard it. I heard yeah. it. But listen, dude, is, is the devil in our bank account? Huh? Only when our wife get in there and spend too much money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I buy a new... A blue label. A new what? On, a new let it go. label. I, I let it go, man. Let it go. I got to let it go. I do. I need to move on. <laughs> let it go. I, I want to move on. Ike, I'm with you on that, man. I got to borrow my house, too, man. We we alike, man. Trust me. <laughs> I know what. I got to get a drink. Hey, look, there's been many a nights I hosted the show and I had a glass of wine in my hand. Many a night. I ain't well, going to Many a night. Got to oh, brown oil. <laughs> I don't go that far. I'll be drinking water when I host. Go ahead, go ahead, Mr. Oh, no, no, I understand. Um, but but it's, not, it's so much disconnect when we talk about finances. You know, um, actually, I have to say that um, my wife didn't get on me yet. She she didn't fuss at me like she would in the past because I haven't slipped in a while. But, like, um, I she she got uh I forgot to pay the, the Verizon phone bill and so they called and she says you know you forgot to pay the bill and I said I thought I paid it and I said no because they call and you know what happens if they call and I said well I'll handle it tonight my bad and she accepts it where in the past we would go on back and forth about you know why I didn't do this or I should take over and you do you know. And all this, and I said, you know, I made one simple mistake, and now it's not as bad. Okay. Where in the past, you know, it'd have been a big argument. Let me um, let me put down this to you, man. There are people who have a really perfect system in terms of bill pay, savings, joint checking, sold checking, all that stuff. That would, I hear you say, that would be me. You're talking about me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep talking. Okay. <laughs> but me and Rodney. Me and Rodney. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think about that stuff. Okay? Because you can have a great system of taking care of your responsibilities and be a good steward of your monies. Never overdraft. You got good savings. You stay within a budget. But the devil can still be in your finances. And the reason why is because when you're talking about the enemy being in your finances, what is he the enemy of? The only thing that deals with finances is tithing and offerings. Mm. I know plenty of people, they're great with the money, but, hey, I mean, uh, you know, I throw a couple of dollars in the church, but, you know, you're talking 10%, 
You know, now you're talking about $180, $240. <laughs> Talk about know. it. I'm just like, hey, you know what, man? A lot of us grew up with the parents saying, you you, I mean, you put $2 in your hand, go up there to collection plate, and, and you don't read the Bible, so you don't really know. I, mean, I gave a couple dollars, you know, good. I did something. Then you're challenged in your mind as far as your Christian walk. God doesn't chastise you at age 12. Where's my time? Where's my offering? No. You may not chat it may not even approach you on your first job. But somewhere down the line you're going to get challenged about tithes and your offerings and it's your choice. Mm, you challenging somebody right now, brother. Keep going. I was tell, hey bro, I didn't even know what offerings were for years. I didn't know this for last year. I'm like offering, I'm sorry, you know, a couple dollars on the plate, but I didn't understand it the way the Bible principle of it was so somebody explained to me. He said, let me show you how tithes and offerings translates to 2012. He said, when you go to college, you have a contract with the school to go and be educated. That is your tithe. That is the covenant that God puts in place with you where he says he won't let the enemy devour you and he'll keep the enemy at bay. That's your contract. If you don't go to class, and actually put a seed that nurtures and grows, then you have nothing to gain at the end of your four-year run in college. You have nothing to show for it. That's where you're failing at with understanding your offering. Well, i got to stop you there because when you said that, I don't know when you said it, maybe some months ago, but and this is real talk, but before you said that, I didn't give offering. Okay. Only gave my tithes. Okay. And when you said that, I was like, "That's right," because it does say tithes and offering. And I, I'm, you know, I've been paying my tithes since you know college days, you know, and and I mean that that was nothing for me. But right. I didn't give no offering. You know, I would make little, you know, love offerings and stuff like that. But on a regular basis, all I would give was my tithe, and that was it, brother. But until you said that some months ago, probably within the past few months. I mean, it convicted me. I was like, man, you know, I, I do get my ties faithfully, but I wouldn't, you know, when it is like a, a dollar over, like, no, you know, that's, I give my 10%, no, you know, but now I do. And and I only do because you said that a few months ago, but go ahead. Well, you. you know what got me? I, I hear people talk, you hear people talk all the time, but this is the information age. Well, my pastor was telling me, now, he was Romans Mills, right? He said, okay, this is, I'm going to teach you about tithes and offerings. And he started weaving in the story of how, you know, him and his wife had got this house in Owens Mills. Now, I'm looking at the, you know, I'm on SDAT at work or at home. I know the house price is over there like 250 to $280. Mm-hmm. It was like they were actually able to get the house at like 160 I'm like, huh? He was like, God, and the guy opened the window up for us to get. He said we was going to go over there. It wasn't on the market. It wasn't selling. And the realtor called over and said, you know what, it's open. And it was like, couldn't figure out why it was at 160, but it was. And somehow, it, it didn't, until the closing date, they finally figured out what the problem was. Now, I'm hearing this in the back of my head. I'm like, I'm going to go check this out myself. I go on as that. Sure enough, there's his address. There's what they paid for it. And I start stringing together real proof of what I'm hearing. That's still you and your God. That's you right. don't want five. You don't want to put an offering. Cool. And again, it's not a it's not a lottery system. 
and you ain't giving God orders, hey, you got fifty dollars last Sunday. I need some stuff to start popping by Thursday. Mm-mm. It's it's C's. Like, and it's it's tight. It's tight. It's gonna tighten you up. You know. I, I want to go buy this. It's called monkey wrench. Go ahead, oh, yeah. monkey wrench. Time. Monkey wrench. Go ahead, Rodney. So, uh, so along that line of the tithes and offerings, and this is just a monkey wrench. And, uh, you don't even have to respond to it. But so the, here's the monkey wrench. The question would be, what about the atheist? What about the Muslim? What about the Buddhist who got the house at even less? than what the pastor got it at. Cool. Who do they contribute that to? I don't know. <laughs> one thing, well, one thing about... I'm not, one thing I'm not trying to be flexible, but I don't know. The, the reason, ahead, uh, and I believe the answer is um, the, the, the law of reaping and sowing, it goes for everybody, even though everybody don't believe. You got to remember the people, um, the, Phil- the Philistines, or they were already in the land of milk and honey before... God's people traveled there, so if they if they if they do everything that they're supposed to do, I mean, you can be an atheist and and, and all these other different people. The law of gravity ain't nobody flying. If I'm a Christian and and I'm driving without my seatbelt with a stack of Bibles in the back seat, and you're a Muslim and you got your seatbelt on, the law of gravity. If we both crash at 100 miles an hour and hit a wall, I'm going through the front windshield. Doesn't matter if I'm a Christian or not. So if they got if they give, go by the principles. That God said on this earth, it doesn't matter if they believe Him or not. If you plant, if both of us plant seeds, a corn, or we plant both a uh, uh, orange seed, both of us gonna grow orange tr- orange trees. Now, if we both water them, if I don't water mine and just pray, and He take care of it, nourish that seed, and He don't believe in God, and He just He just doing what He's supposed to do, He's gonna reap an orange tree. Now I can't look at Him and say, "Why you got an orange tree?" Well, because He did what He was supposed to do as far as the law of reaping and sowing and watering and take care of it and nourishing. If I didn't do it and all I do is pray, you can't say it was it, it, it's God or God is not in it. You can't do that. Right. But let me let me let me continue to go with this. Uh so of course we know the the, the Bible says you know it it rain, he reigns on the just and the unjust. So we, we get that. I think it was just what the brother was saying. Yep. Um so uh I think with that being said and if it if it's the Buddhist, so the question is, is it because of what we do, or is it because of what he did? What he did. Well, the law according to this earth, whatever this earth is 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 governed by. If God governs this earth, and He says, this is what we're going to be doing, and this is what the laws of this earth is. It doesn't matter if you believe in Him or not. You're gonna reap what you sow. The Jews don't believe that Jesus was. You know the the son of God, but guess what? They took the principles behind uh, giving inheritance to their children and their children's children. And that's why all of them rich, okay? But they don't believe in the, the son of God. So if you go if you go by the principles, then you don't have to believe in them or not. You still gonna you're gonna reap what you sow. That's the principle. Uh, every, every, uh, everything you have is because of what you did. Yeah. It, ooh. Slippery slope. I agree with you. I agree with you, but I don't. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Don't listen. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everything we have, but what I'm saying is we believe in God, and we have Him to act, to actually guide us towards His principles, closer and closer to His principles. They don't believe in God, 
but they understand the principles of making money. Now, Mark Zuckerberg don't believe in God, but he understand the principles of making money, which was God's principles. So we believe in God, and by us being stubborn, we just hard-headed. We, we don't understand the principles, and if we don't do the principles and following, following the laws of him, then we ain't going to reap what he say he got for us. But if we do if we do what they're doing and we believe in God, how much more blessed will we will be? And that's not Absolutely. what we understand it. Absolutely. I agree. But I don't. The unjust steward, the talents all prove that out. But go ahead, Rodney. Was that Rodney? Oh, no. They agree, but they don't. That's what we I agree here. with. I agree with you, but I don't. You are right. There are principles that you follow. You know, if I'm not going to pray away 90 pounds of fat. It's just not happening. I'm not going to get on my knees and be intercessory prayer for a 4.0. That's not how it works. There's certain principles, study, harvest, reap. Yes. Where it differs at, though, is two things that, at least, again, the Bible says, the God of that Bible says that not only will he give you houses that you didn't build, but when it talks about Malachi three eight about um, will a man rob God and you know, he robs you your tithes and your offerings, mm. you give your tithes, he'll actually keep the devourer away from you. Okay, is this, this Andrew? Wait, is this Andrew? I'm talking. This is this no. Andrew that's talking. No, no, no. No, 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 this ain't me, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> who, who, who really don't want me to pull out yeah. this? Who, I'm just acting out because y'all who, who people love it don't even make sense. Okay, I'm sorry. Who, who, who's, who's, who's talking? Cause I got, this is okay, Mark. Man. My name is Mark. Mark. Okay, Mark, check this out. You got to understand, when you look at Malachi 3 and 8, and and I and I, I, I don't like to talk about this because, you know, it's one way or another way, but when he was talking about these people, he was talking to a group of people. If you go back and read that again, he was talking to a group of priests that were stealing from the people who was bringing tithes and offerings. Then these people followed a certain law. He was saying, they who are cursed with a curse, these people followed the law. The law came pre-Jesus, and after Jesus, we was covered under his grace. So he wasn't talking to us. He was talking Amen. To Say that again. Talk about a covenant that people just have no idea how to read the Bible. Right, so that I ain't trying to bust no bubbles, but when, when I look at, when I read that and people use that to get money, that's not what Jesus said in the New Testament when that woman brought her, what she had, two shillings oh, or whatever she had? Yeah, she brought and she, and whatever she had. All the people, all those guys that was around them, they gave 10%, but the woman mm-hmm. gave more because she gave it from her heart, and that's what he requires from us, not from a tithe. That's right. He said, "You and you. Matter of fact, we we proved this at church. We was given. We gave. We cooked chicken dinners and bar rib dinners, and we say it's going to be five dollars a plate. Yes, everybody who came to purchase a chicken dinner and a rib dinner, they gave five dollars. We made two hundred some dollars, right? The next time we did it, we say it's free. Give a donation. We made triple that because people gave from their heart, and that that proved the law of it ain't no law. If you follow the law, you're going to be governed by that." But if and you got to keep the whole help. law. It's amazing how they pull certain laws out and try to carry them into the new covenant. Exactly. Okay. And and Paul strictly says that's not what to be done. But that's not what that's not what they're doing. You don't even believe that God is out to save everybody. So what street are you driving down now? <laughs> hey, what? 
You you don't you believe in some kind of lottery system for how people get saved. I'm you confusing me, bro. Well, I really, you know, like I, said, I, I try to stay out of it, um, and I don't believe in a lottery system. I believe what Paul said, that God chose us for the foundations of the world, okay? Yeah. I believe what Paul said about salvation, okay? And when you start to, when you start to go into it, 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 it's, it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with a lottery system. You have to figure out who did the work, you or God. And, is your and, salvation, and, what, what percentage of your salvation is you, and what percentage is God? Zero. A hundred. Zero is God? You, you, I'm asking questions for it. You cannot save yourself. Okay. So what percentage of your salvation is you, and what percentage is God? Zero and a hundred. Okay. Well, if it's zero percent you, then it's nothing that you did. It's everything Correct. that God did. Correct. And if you read in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says you're saved by grace, correct, not by works. And, and the faith that you had to save you was even a gift from God. You didn't do anything to get it. He gave you the gift to have faith in him to be saved. Correct. Okay, so either, either, either it was because you were smart enough to make the decision or it was God called you, one of the two. Oh, uh-oh. Okay? And like uh-oh. I said, I really don't want to go down the path. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just saying that You're if not. you study the scripture, you'll find that Paul, when, when, when he writes about predestination, he talks about God choosing us. And you got to remember. For the foundations Paul, okay. of the world. And check this out. Paul and Peter got angry at each other because of this very thing. Every time Peter boys wasn't in town he was like oh yeah yeah you know you've saved by grace but as soon as peter peter's boys came from you know from where he grew up he was like oh yeah under the law we got to follow these principles and then paul saw that he was like yo man wait you either gonna be this way or you're gonna be that way don't be telling them people this this thing when they in town and then they they say by the, the the laws that they follow and they need to be circumcised and all that and then the people that's not your people, you're going to tell them that, you know, you're saved by grace. Grace, either way, you don't need to be hot or you be cold. He told them that. That's why they was fussing. Now, if you believe that, that you were saved because you made the decision to choose God, then you have, you have a part in your salvation. Incorrect. Well, let me, let me, let me. Okay. That's the bottom line. Either, either, either it's part you and part God, all okay. you are all God. Which is Hold on, let me ask this question then. So, when it when it says, and I'm I'm just I'm the middleman in this. So, okay, where where the Bible says in Romans nine ten says uh, you have to confess with your heart, you believe or excuse me, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, believe in your heart, and or John three sixteen that said God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him, do you oh. think either one of those scriptures dictates something for you to do? Um. You know, if you really want to get into this, it takes a really long conversation to, no, to pull apart what yes the scriptures no. say. And I don't think that that's the point of this call. I'll be glad to to, yeah. to, to yeah. get your scriptures to support. And like I said, understand there are great theological minds on both sides of the issue. I believe that I was saved because I made the decision to choose God. That's right. That's what I believe. Okay, when I started to study the scripture, I was stunned to find out that God chose me. 
And yeah. when you really start to understand, we are not sick in our sins. We're dead in our sins. We are dead. Okay? You don't take medicine when you're dead. Who brings back the dead? Who gives what? life? Only God can give life. So if That's we're right. dead, we don't have the ability to choose God. There's nothing in us good enough to choose God. You know, so now I got this last question. But, but again, you know, Hold on, hold on, fellas. I, don't, I really don't think that's the point hold of this call. I really don't. No, no, no. It's no, not. But hold it's on, really fellas. not. It's not. It's not. So let, let's, not. Um, this is the last question of the night. Then we can get back into it if you want to get into it on the uh, open mic. On yeah. open mic. But here's the last. Go. So. Here is the last question of the night. And it was kind of where we wanted to go, but the devil's in the home. And so a lot of these things, even though it's outside the home, we bring it inside our home, so it's okay. But the question of the night is, is your wife's spirit the devil? (laughs) Say that one more time. Is your wife's period the devil? That's your last question? No, that's that's part of her curse that she got in the garden. She earned that one. (laughs) <laughs> That's my last question. Uh, Aren't they some I mean, hey, he you said know. she earned that one with stripes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to end the question, end the show for tonight. No doubt, no doubt. Well, here's something. Now, now, listen, listen, listen. Here's something, and 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 Chuck, I think he hung up. But this is great that we're talking about this because you. He talked at one point about how his he felt as though his marriage was under attack, and he couldn't because things that his wife was doing. He was looking at her and was like, "You are not my wife. I don't know who you are." Um, but can it be a situation where you sense that it's under attack, and you have to find a way to to get it back on track because she might not understand the whole it's under attack piece. Do you mind what I'm saying? She may not get that part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She may not understand. A, a lot of them don't. Because that's just the way their the, the thought process is. You know, is that um, they totally think certain different than we do. Sure, sure, sure. But do we have the ability as men, as head of household, to understand when there is an attack on the marriage? And it's not something that is just natural, but it's definitely something that's supernatural that's going on in your marriage. Oh yeah, we do have that ability, but we don't. Sometimes we try to fix it ourselves, and that's where the problem comes. We can't we can't beat the devil by ourselves. Sure. But we will try because that's just in our nature. But. We know we can never beat the devil by himself. He's just too strong. No, he he he's not that strong. We just don't know how to know how to use God when we when we're combating him. And we can try to combat him with our flesh. We're gonna lose every time. And yeah, then our right. wife come our, our wife come with a lot of flesh stuff. You know, she come with a lot of uh, anger and emotion and all of the, all that kind of stuff. So if she comes like that. Yeah, ain't no way in the world we can go back and forth because we gonna if we do go back and forth it's gonna be our flesh to your flesh and my pride against your your position 
and and my position is higher than yours, and I outrank you, and it's going to be what I say and what I do. I mean, it's not going to be what you do and say. It's going to be what I do and say. So when you get to the point, that's where the devil wants you. When you get to that point in your 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 relationship where you reign supreme and you're telling her I'm 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 big bad dog or whatever, then now you you it's pride against it's flesh against flesh at that point, and that's mm-hmm. we can't defeat it. We can't defeat it like that. Mm-hmm. Good words. Good words, good words. Well, fellas, that's all I have for tonight. Good show. Oh, it was a great show. So um, with that, I'm going to go on into open mic. Um, show next week. Submission. Say that again. Submission. Submission. Yeah. We're going to submit, huh? on the line. And the show after that. The show after the mission is the representative. Uh oh. We just did that. Married to the representative. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.